We're doing great. <laughs> this is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by my good friend, Dan Gillette. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, welcome, Beholders, to episode 48 of our Behold podcast. And uh, as you heard in the intro, hold your horses, because today it is just the two of us. Just the two of us today. Oh, man, it's been a while since it's it's just been us, man, but it, uh, it feels right for today. It feels nice and cozy. I think it does, too. So, man, whoever you are listening, wherever you're listening from, we hope that you are having a great day. And buckle up, because we're excited to behold Jesus' face with you guys for the next 30 minutes or three hours or whatever it ends up being. <laughs> That's right. Hopefully, hopefully not three hours. Um, so, anyways, man, we've been in this Who We Are series talking about the the fundies, as we like to say, the fundamentals of what we believe as a church family. And on Sunday, the one and only Charlie Mang taught us, uh, reminded us just of our mission. You know, it's great that we believe in God and his word and his, his son's salvation, all those things. But then what are we called and charged to do with that truth? You know? And so Charlie let us through that. And so maybe just to start, uh, Dan, you can go first. What was something as you listened to Charlie teach through that, that kind of caught your ear and spoke to your heart? Oh, it's so amazing. And, and Charlie did a great job of just taking us through what a famous passage that that we call the the Great Commission in Matthew twenty eight, and it, it was really fun. Someone in my connect group, who uh, who shall remain nameless, you know who you are, out there. But uh, he was just he's, he's he's a new believer, and and he's been growing and just encouraging us all so much. But he just kind of said, "Man, what do you guys do when you come to this passage that?" Or, or any passage that seems to be very familiar, and and maybe you've heard uh, dozens of messages on it, you know, over the decades. And how do you, how does it stay fresh for you? And so I just thought it was such a cool question and, and a great perspective. And one of the things we talked about in our Connect group is just how um, the Holy Spirit speaks t- to us through His Word. And so we can come to a passage like Matthew twenty eight and and see it with new eyes because the spirit of God is within us and he's, and he's bringing things to light. He's testifying to our spirit, um, things that we need to hear in that moment. And so, uh, man, it was just so cool just to, to, you know, to have Charlie take us through this passage and, and the Holy spirit was definitely speaking to me and, and, and highlighting, um, various things. And so one thing I'll share just along those lines is just when Charlie, I loved how Charlie, um, talked about baptism, mm. uh, water baptism and, and um, uh, obviously that's, fr- fr- you know, from verse 19 of that great commission in Matthew 28. So he says, you know, go as you go, make disciples, Jesus is telling us, of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I was just, I loved how Charlie talked about that in terms of uh, a process of immersing the, the believer into a faith family, into a church community. And as we're talking about mission, it's not just you on mission or me on mission. It's, it's 
it's the church is on mission and God is inviting us into that together. And I think a lot of times when we talk about baptism, uh, we tend to emphasize the, the outward, um, you know, reality that is being, it's a symbol of an, uh, it's an outward expression of an inward reality is what I'm trying to say. Hmm. And I think we talk about the, the regeneration and the washing and the cleansing and, and even, you know, the, the, the resurrection that we experience as we are immersed in Christ. And, um, and that, that is all true, certainly, but, but there's this other aspect to it. I think sometimes that gets maybe forgotten or not emphasized as much. And Charlie just did a great job of just saying, Hey, when we, when we baptize people at VVC, we're baptizing them into a local church. We're baptizing them into a a body of believers, a, a church family, the household of God. And I just love that, that picture of, of that immersing process. And, um, I know I have personally experienced that in, and when I think about my connection to this to this body, and I think about the mission that we're on, man, it it, it just it, it fires me up. It, it it inspires me to to live on mission when I know that I'm part of something bigger than myself. Oh man, it's so good. And I think a lot of us have had that kind of same experience of like, like I think that our engagement with that can really change what our experience is walking with Jesus. You know. I think a lot of people have like these quote unquote lukewarm like Christian experiences, mm. but in reality they're just not immersing themselves in like engaging with the Holy Spirit in that way, um, which is really awesome. And yeah, you know, one of the things that um, as I was listening to Charlie that I just appreciated, kind of more overarching than that, is uh, just the reminder of the church's design. You know, like I always love being reminded that like individually God designed me to be a certain way and do certain things. But then also with the church, like he designed the church to do certain things and and exist in a certain way. And I like that Charlie's summary is just, hey, the mission of the church, we go into the world, we proclaim the gospel, we immerse those who trust Jesus, and we train them out. So we we grow, we spread, our body is strengthened, and then we rinse and we repeat that. And that kind of just got me thinking about other things that God has designed, you know, Mm. uh, God's creation and how he made them do certain things. Like for example, a tree. And that's an analogy we hear a lot in scripture is, you know, tree branches or vines and all those things. And, you know, when if we were a gardener and we planted an apple tree and the tree grew and then all of a sudden it stopped growing or it stopped producing apples or whatever that looks like, we wouldn't sit there and say, yeah, that seems right. You know, we would say something's wrong with this tree. Something is off and I got to fix it. Maybe it needs more nutrition. Maybe it needs more water, whatever it is. But something is wrong with this tree and I need to fix it. Um, and that seems like really easy to grasp, I think, for most people. But then when it comes to ourselves and our role in like the mission of the church, I don't know. For some reason, it's just harder to to grasp that truth or deal with it. You know, of yeah, like I said in the beginning of this, like we, we trust God. We trust his word. We trust his son, Jesus. But then when it comes to his commands of like, what are we supposed to do with that? I think a lot of us um, are okay not participating in that way. And yeah, you know, I'm just thinking about like all the commands we have about people are going to know us. Like Matthew 7 is a good example. So every every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. 
And this is the important part of this verse for me is that thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, like we, it's easy. If someone asks them, oh, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. But I think that the the bigger picture here is that people aren't going to identify us as transformed and free people by the fact that we self-identify as Christians. You know, Hmm. they're going to see the message of Jesus Christ in our lives because of the fruit that we bear. And so in that way, I felt convicted and also just jazz, like you were saying, kind of fired up. Of yeah. just What's the role we're going to play in this process? And how do we do that in our, in our lives, our neighborhoods and all that good stuff? No, that's so good. I mean, that reminds me of something that I, I read recently in Matthew 25 and, and it's a, it's a parable. It's a, it's a, it's a story that Jesus was telling about, uh, it's, it's, it's called the parable of the talents. And, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but, but basically there's a, you know, there's a, um, a, a master, a man who's going on, on a journey and he, he brought his servants together and he basically gives each of the servants, um, you know, a different, uh, a different part of his property to be, uh, entrusted to. So he gave to one, he gave five talents, um, uh, you know, to, to the, to the other, uh, he gave two talents and then to the third guy, he gave one talent and then he goes away and, and basically, you know, each of these servants, uh, handles the, the, um, what, what's been given to him in a different way. You know, the first two basically are, uh, they're getting after it. They, they go and invest it and they trade it. And they, they basically, when, when the, when the, when the master returns, they have produced, like you said, fruit, they've, 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 they have a return for on, on the investment. And, um, and it's really cool. Like he, the master, um, basically says, you've been faithful. Um, you've, you've, you've been faithful over a little. And so now I will set you over much. And he says, enter into the joy of your master, which is pretty amazing. Wow. But then the third servant, I don't know if you remember what happens, but you remember what he does with his talent? Uh, it's not good. (laughs) He buries that thing. He puts it in the ground. And he, uh, he's the one that only received one. Yeah. Talent, he's the right? one that only received yeah, one yeah, talent. Yeah. yeah. So, so when the master comes back, he's like, Hey, what, what did you do with what I gave you? Um, and, and it's really interesting what he says in verse 25, he says, he says, I was afraid. And so I went and mm-hmm. hid your talent in the ground here. Let me give it back to you. What is yours? And it's really interesting what his master says. He, he says, you're wicked. You're slothful. You know, I gave you this thing I and you should have invested it, you know, so that when I came back, I could have gotten back what was mine with interest. And so he says, I'm going to take what I'm going to take this talent that I gave you and I'm going to give it to the, to, to the, to the other servant who invested well. Mm. And, um, and it's, it's really, to me, it's very sobering and, and especially that piece about fear, because I think about, so essentially, I mean, what would as i understand that what jesus is 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 communicating is um you know we've all been given uh certain you know gifts and talents and abilities and experiences and backgrounds and 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 god has um has has blessed us with with uh, uh, you know various means um and he is wanting to see what we're going to do with with those those gifts and those blessings. And, and obviously I think that, you know, the immediate context is, is, is talking about, you know, the nation of Israel and the Gentiles and, 
and basically like, I mean, if you look at what, how God has blessed the nation of Israel, you know, throughout the generations, um, there should be a, a, a massive return on that investment, you know, um, versus what, what the Gentiles are now, you know, in recent history, um, have been brought into the fold. Right. Anyway, so that's the immediate mm-hmm. context, but, but there's a greater reality of just us, like, and what, how we invest our lives and, and that fear piece, I think when it comes to mission, I don't know, what do you think, Sean? Do you think that's, do you think that's something that maybe holds us back? Like you said, just that's maybe one of the thing that, that we, that keeps us from, from getting after and being on mission um, in, in, in these, I don't know, where, where does that sit with you and how important do you think that is to this conversation? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think that people like the idea of hiding your talents or hiding things that like God has given you, it could be for a variety of reasons, you know, but fear is absolutely one of them. Mm-hmm. And I think in a, in a really like tangible way, I, my guess would be that for most people, we all have opportunities, right? Every single one of us, we do. We have opportunities in our lives to spread the gospel, to share our testimony. And I think probably you're right. The most common barrier to that is some, some form of, form of fear of, oh, I don't want to be looked at differently. I don't want to be judged. I don't want them to reject me. Whatever that looks like. Or maybe, maybe fear. I don't, I don't feel like I have the, the words to say, like, I'm going to, I'm going to say something wrong or, or someone's going to catch yeah, me. Up like, on oh, that, that, that's, that's for a pastor to do. I can't do that. You know, whatever it is. And I think it's a, a fear of the response mixed with like a, just a lack of trust, you know, or maybe just a lack of understanding that God's going to give you empowerment in that and that his grace is sufficient in that process, you know? Yeah, no, it's good. I, I think that's, that's definitely important to what we're talking about. And, um, so if you're, if you're listening to that and it's, um, I don't know if that's striking a chord with you, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to, we'd love to, you know, pray through that with you. We'd love to, I don't know. Um, sometimes I think we, again, with this whole mission thing, we can feel like we're, we're alone. We can feel like we're struggling and, and we're the only one that is maybe, uh, burying our, our talent, you know, and, and, and out of fear. But once you share that, once you call it into light, you, you realize, Hey, Hey, there's other people that struggle with this too. And, and we can, we can spur each other on to, um, to invest well. Absolutely. And I think just, just to wrap up that thought, you know, we've said this so much on the podcast, but all of us are designed to do this. You know, it's not a pastor thing. It's not an elder thing. It's not a leader thing. It's just an, it's an, it's your reality as existing as a son or daughter of Christ. You know, that's that, that's what that process is like. And so as you think about that, you know, maybe an important question to be thinking about as we continue in this conversation is how am I engaging in this? And then if I'm not, how can I? And when we're talking about the mission of of spreading God's kingdom, there's a lot of different areas to do that, right? And Dan, you and I were talking before the podcast, and I know you have a thought about that. But as you as you talk about this, just think about that. Is there's so many different ways to do it? What ways has has God given me talents that maybe fits better in this application or this application or, or whatnot? So Dan, take it away. Yeah. So you know, I was just thinking as we were as I was listening to Charlie, I was thinking about. And I love how Charlie brought the conversation to, to the book of Acts. And, and again, if you, if you haven't done a study through that book, man, it's, it's really life-changing. And, and there's a lot of different studies out there. We, we, we host one here through the Antioch School of Ministry. And 
I believe that there's a new round of that starting soon. So, um, email us, uh, at, uh, you could probably just email us at admin at vbc.online and we'll, um, we'll, we'll get you in touch with the people that run that. But, you know, so I just, I was thinking about at the beginning of, of Acts chapter one, um, you know, G- Jesus is talking to his, his disciples. He's cho- talking to the apostles and he, and he's saying, you know, go wait, in, you know, in Jerusalem and, and you, for, for the power of the Holy Spirit to come. So in verse eight of chapter one, it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Mm. Um, and so I think that can be a really helpful um, you know, thought to think about as we try to take what Charlie taught us on Sunday and 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 figure out what to do with it in a, in in a real practical way. Um, so whenever I think about the church being on mission, I like to think about this verse because there's these there's these three concentric circles that you can clearly see in that passage. So that so there's this um, this inner circle, the J- Jerusalem, which um, we can think about in terms of like our neighborhood uh, or our community, whatever we're involved in, you know, it could be, um, you know, my son is starting little league. Okay. Um, which is going to be kind of weird in this whole COVID world, but we're going to figure mm-hmm. it out. So it could be, it could be a sports team that your kid is, in. it could be your, your work, it could be your neighborhood. It could be, um, the place, you know, the, the barista, the coffee shop, whatever, who your town, your Tri-Valley, your East Bay, Right. And then um, Judea and Samaria, we can think about that circle as nationally. So what's happening with uh, the kingdom and what's happening with mission uh, nationally? And then to the ends of the earth, we can think about in terms of globally. And so I thought it'd be great if we had a, if we had a conversation just about kind of a two-pronged conversation, like in each of those circles, what is VBC doing that we are inviting individuals and families in our church to be part of in those different circles. And what are, what are some ways that we can creatively think about um, new arenas or new avenues or new venues in each of those circles that uh, our church family can, can start up. I mean, because this whole thing of, of, um, like you said, like a tree growing, you know, and, and, the, and how it spreads and replicates, it's meant to be very organic and very grassroots, right? This isn't like a, just a top-down thing where the VBC elders are saying, hey, here's, a, here's how we're on mission and you guys better get on board and figure it out. You know, obviously we're inviting people into that, but we're also assuming and, and encouraging that people will, will spontaneously, as the Lord leads, start up new uh, venues and, and avenues of 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 mission. So I don't know. What do you think? Like, let's, you know, as we look at that first circle, like what are some things that VBC is doing, Sean, that you know of to, um, to, to be on mission here in, in our Tri-Valley and, you know, in our town and in, and in the East, the East Bay or, or the Bay area in general, what, what do you know of? What do you hear about? Yeah. You know, um, I think one of the more encouraging things that I see oftentimes at Valley Bible Church or just in our community is uh, is our groups, VBC groups and small groups and things like that. And it's just crazy to me how many of those groups I hear about that my friends are in or I've been checking out or whatever it is, 
And they almost always have people in their groups that don't go to Valley Bible Church, you know, that don't call it their church home, which is so interesting to me because I wouldn't think that would be really natural for people of like, hey, let me join this group that's not people I know or my circle or whatnot. Um, But you just heard so many stories of people who that was the process. That's how they came to, to call this home was someone invited them to their their small group and it was a really intimate setting and yada yada. So that's one way for sure is like, and like you said, just in, in an organic way, I think the groups that are happening in the Tri-Valley is, is a big source of that. Well, yeah. And I think, just, I think sometimes, and uh, maybe you guys will uh, listening will agree. It, it's in some ways it's easier to invite somebody to a, a, a group, a VBC group than to invite them to a church. It's, it's maybe a church service. It's maybe a little less intimidating to say, Hey, come hang out with me and a couple other families. And, we, you know, we were going through this book together and, and we share a meal and whatever, or it's over zoom and it's easy to just pop in, you know? Yeah. So maybe I I've seen that actually a lot of ways, like where groups, VBC groups can be a kind of a, a gateway into like an entry point into the church family. And then, um, you know, people end up getting, coming to faith in Christ and getting baptized and it all happened through a group. So I love that. Yeah. And just to give a plug for groups, you know, we talk about it a lot, but when it comes down to it, we say this all the time that that God's church is about relationships, right? It's not about program. It's not about building. It's not about structure. It's about people, you know. And it's just hard to have those interactions in the context of a Sunday morning service. Of course, we have the before and after, whatever. But but groups are really a, just an easier platform to kind of do that engaging with people. And so, yeah, that's a, a plug for groups. Um, and yeah, there's other things happening too. That to give a quick shout out to Mr. Wayne Johnson. That man is like a community machine, you know, and he's just <laughs> always trying to do things in our community, whether that be uh, doing the um, the food pantry, reaching out to people in our community in need, whether it be all his camping trips he's doing left and right. And if you, I don't know if you've looked at the rosters for those camping trips, but they're almost always mostly not people who go to VBC. There's like so many people and I can't even like count how many people he probably can't even count how many people now love Jesus and are at our church who their first in was a food pantry thing or a community camping trip or train of lights or the softball league or basketball league or all these things. So I think that just that process and not just a Wayne thing, but for all of us, that process of doing fun things in our community, starting your own basketball or your pickleball thing that you're doing right now. Ooh, pickleball. um, We can talk about that later. Uh, but yeah, just doing real life, you know, just doing life and inviting people to experience that. Because I think that that's the piece where, again, going back to what we said earlier, you don't need to, it doesn't always have to be, hey, let me invite you to a Bible study and convert you. Just be, hey, let me be your friend. And then I'm going to trust that God's going to use my life, my transformed heart to speak to you. You know, that again, the fruit, that the fruit in my life and the fruit in my friend's life, my family's life will be what convinces your heart otherwise. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great classic example. And, and shout out to, to Kim Chu and, and her crew because the the food pantry, yeah, yeah Wayne, Wayne is the pastor of community ministries, but it wasn't Wayne telling Kim and her crew, hey, we need a food pantry, start this up. God, God put that on Kim's heart and she approached the leadership and we we supported her and her team and and freed them up. And 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 it's it, it is one of the ministries that I'm most proud of at VBC, especially during this pandemic, like it, it's just been growing and, and there's been so much cool ministry happening, you know, through that. And, 
And I think there's still a lot more opportunities too, like, you know, for, you know, for, for people to, cause I know a lot of times uh, you show up and it's like, Oh, there's not, there's nowhere for me to help. You know, they've got a plenty of hands there, but, but what if there was a crew of people that just were out there like praying for praying with people while they waited in line or in their cars or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So anyway, I just think that's a great classic example. I think another classic example is shout out to Daryl Smith. Um, he's a, he's a crazy psycho cyclist. Um, those weirdos. Yeah. I mean, and he, this guy's an animal. I mean, just he, he's, uh, all over the place riding his, his bike. And, um, so he, he found something that he was very passionate about. And then he started a, a Christian cycling group. And there's so many people that come through that and so many great ministry opportunities that come through that. And so it's like, man, just ask yourself, like, if, it, cause if you look at kind of what VBC has going on locally, um, with regards to mission and and getting out into the world, expanding the kingdom, and and nothing's resonating with you, um, f- you know, just ask the Lord, like, what what do I love? Like, what am I passionate about? What am I into? And how can I how can I use that to draw people in to 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 show them the love of Christ, to share with them the gospel, um, to invite them into the life of the church? So um, a lot of times it's it's simpler than we think, um, and it's just about taking that step and. And maybe thinking a little creatively uh, and, and asking the Lord to lead it and bless it. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of that first circle of, of you know, that's like Jerusalem. So let's let's expand it out nationally to like, you know, Judea and Samaria. And, and what are some things, Sean, that you know of that are happening um, nationally? And obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's looked a little different, I think, since, since COVID came, but um, what are some things happening, you know, even historically in, in the life of VBC? Yeah, that's a good question. And, um, you know, I think naturally as this conversation progresses, it kind of starts leaning more and more towards what we're doing with uh, global missions. You right, know? right. But I think a lot of that kind of begins with that process you just said of at some point, somebody had a heart for something locally. And then as they invested in that and as they engaged with that, then God blesses that and then it grows and becomes something bigger, right? Mm-hmm. And so some of those things that we're involved with are things like um, like City Team, you know? That's now a, a national ministry opportunity and it didn't start that way. You know, it started small and and it's bigger. And obviously we're more involved with the one here in Oakland, but still it's just that's an example of one of those things. And, you know, our own David Sunman is up in, in Portland doing that ministry there. So uh, it's just cool to think about people like that who've kind of, been nurtured and developed and equipped here and then gone out to do that same thing somewhere else. There's so many people like that. Yeah. And and also what comes to mind too is our ministry to the Navajo nation in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And we've been, we've been, uh, man, having a, having ministry, uh, influence and opportunity there for, for almost two decades or more than two decades, maybe. And this last year we couldn't go because of the lockdown but uh, Stephen and Christy and the high school ministry, man, they they um, scrambled and put together a remote uh, outreach and pulled together all kinds of different um, gospel resources and um, and financial resources and and we were able to support the the missionaries out there and to uh, have influence and, and to reach the Navajo Nation in a way that uh, I just love that like the pandemic couldn't stop it you know so I think that's another thing and and 
I don't see any sign of, of, of us saying, oh, you know, we're done with the Navajo nation. You know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to uh, quit that. So I, I just think that's another way that things can roll forward. And, and just like everything else during the, this pandemic, we have to maybe innovate a little bit. We have to think a little more creatively and we got to put a little more effort into reaching um, our, our country. And a lot of it right now maybe is, is looking like financial support or prayer support. Um, you know, also I think w- what Tim talked about at the beginning of our service on Sunday with some of the troubling changes that are happening politically in our, in our nation and just, you know, morally how things are shifting. And, um, man, I think there's opportunity there for us to be missional minded, um, whether that's in conversations we have with people about what's happening in our country, whether that's contacting, um, you know, senators and Congress people, um, whether that is, uh, pr- you know, praying for our, our leaders or for um, just, yeah, just holding up our country, um, you know, interceding for, for them, um, for, for, for our nation. I think that those are powerful missional things we can do. So, um, yeah, hopefully that kind of sparks some ideas for, for people listening. Yeah. And just, you know, uh, just a quick reminder about that of like, again, we all have different giftings and for some of us, um, the idea of being involved with something outside of the state sounds crazy, you know, but again, like it doesn't matter what your gifting is. Like God has gifted you somehow and he can use that for his kingdom somehow, you know, like I think about, um, like the Arabic church in Sacramento they've mm. been supporting. Yeah, There's been people up there who their gifting is, uh, like I went up there to do drone videography. There's some people who go up there and they're professional electricians. There's some people who go up there and they're teachers. There's other people who go up there and they have none of those skills and their only purpose to be there is to be an encourager, yeah. to just show up and support them. And we've just heard so much of feedback from that and other situations like that where it's like the point isn't just to have qualified expert people to go and do mission work. You know, we're all just pieces of the puzzle and we're all there to support them. And that just reminds me of like, when it comes to like disasters or just hardship in general, the people of God should always be quick to, to jump on the wagon to support people. You know, I think about, you know, a while back when the Katrina hurricane happened, people went out to New Orleans to help. And we all know, like, obviously if, if there's 10 of us that go out, 10 of us aren't going to change the world when it comes to the, the physical needs of those people, right? But we do trust that absolutely the 10 of us going out there could be having an eternal impact for even just one person, which one person joining us in eternity is worth any amount of work it takes, you know? Totally. And so as you think about that and like, oh, like, is am I making an impact? Well, when we're talking about the scale of eternity, there's no way to even measure that. Like, it is immeasurable glory we're talking about. Yeah, and and I love, you know, so I think something too that is is you see in, in scripture, particularly in the book of Acts, you see that there is, um, when, it, when, when it comes to missions, there, the, the local church is, is central. And that's what I love about, you know, these, these, these different opportunities that we've had, you know, at VBC throughout the years to go to, to, to New Orleans or to go to the Navajo, um, you know, reservation or, um, you know, even we've, we've, you know, I think about, um, trips to Belize or, um, 
you know, just various, various outreaches that we've done out of state, the, the goal is always to, to, to go and support a ministry that is church-based, that is Christ-centered, that is um, gospel-focused, and to like hold that, that, you know, organization up and to like really point people back to that, you know? And I think it's a great little segue into our, um, what, what we do with global missions at VBC. And, um, and that's kind of, you know, as we look at these concentric circles, like Charlie talked about, uh, you know, imagine, imagine a, just a still pond, um, you know, and Jesus threw like this massive boulder into that pond. And ever since, you know, there, there's been these rippling effects and it just, it just goes on and on and on and out and out and out. So, so what we, you know, the philosophy that we have at VBC when it comes to to global missions is we have identified, um, you know, faithful people all throughout the world that, that are serving, uh, in, in local churches, in local contexts, um, that have either been sent out from our community or we have, we have, um, met them through our various travels and reconnaissance missions and formed relationships and partnerships with them. And what we're doing is, is supporting them so that they can, can, expand the kingdom in, in their context because they, they know what's happening in Ukraine. You know, they know what's happening in South Africa or Central America, or, I mean, they're, they're the experts in that field. So, you know, we go, we vet them, we form relationships with them, we figure out how we can support them. And, and, and that's how we are participating in, you know, global expansion. And so what, what are some ways you know, Sean, that you can think of for us, if we can't go, and I, and I know right now the way the world is, it's particularly, uh, you know, restrictive in terms of going to these different nations, but what are some ways that you can think of Sean, that we can participate and support those global efforts out there? Yeah. Well, I think you, you brought up a great point that um, when it comes to missions, the the people who are there locally are always going to carry the most weight, you know, and be the most effective. And and for exactly the reason we talked about earlier is because the advancement of God's kingdom normally happens on a relational basis. And so the people who are there who have relationships can usually do the most work. Um, so obviously one huge, huge one is just financial support. You know, I know a lot of us in this Bay Area are, are well off. And a lot of other of chunk of us are struggling to make the crazy rent prices uh, in this area, you know, and, and I'm not going to tell you how much to give or whatever, but God does tell us that, Hey, you, you've been given a gift of finances and you're a steward of those things. And you're to use those things for his, for his kingdom and his glory, you know? And so if you're not doing that, um, just pray about it, you know, pray if you feel like you're heeding that call of using your finances to, to glorify God. And even, you know, if you donate $10 to a mission trip, I know that doesn't feel like a lot. It seems silly, but you're supporting God's kingdom. Yeah. You know, you're participating in the advancement of his kingdom by supporting someone uh, overseas. And there's so many people, you know, uh, let me pull up the list to read them all. Romania, Ukraine, Nigeria, South Africa, Germany, Iraq, Pakistan. These are people, places where we have people that we are financially supporting so that they can be freed up to do God's work there. So I just cannot um, overstate enough just the importance of financial support. But then besides that, you know, it, there's so many things besides the actual getting on a plan and going there that you can do to support those people. 
know, we have people for, for everyone I just listed, there's people who help them with uh, admin support, who help man their, their websites, who help uh, organize and manage the, 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 the trips and the signups when there are mission trips. So there's, there's a lot of behind the scenes work you can be doing too. If you're not going to personally go over there, support the people who are going to go there. And I just think about people um, like talking about Paul, you know, he even makes, makes reference to it of, oh man, you are, you are supporting me and you're blessed because of it. And I think that's a good example for us to follow of like, not all of us are going to be Paul's, right? Not all of us are going to have that hands-on impact in a really tangible way. But by supporting the Pauls of the world, we can have a tangible uh, effectiveness to do that same work. Absolutely. No, I, lo- I love that. And and I, I hope this doesn't, you know, this doesn't sound like me beating a dead horse or I hope I don't sound like a broken record on this whole thing. But, um, man, prayer is such a huge aspect to, to global missions. And um, sometimes it feels like when... I don't know. We, we resort to prayer only when all else fails. (laughs) You know, it's like, Oh, I can't go. I can't give financially. I can't support. I can't play a support role. Like you've been talking about Sean. So I guess I'll pray. You know, it's like, wow, it's (laughs) it's only, and I, I think that's the exact opposite way to think about it. You know, um, from, from, from a scriptural standpoint, even like there is, prayer is the first and best things the best thing we can do. Sometimes it's the only thing we can do, but every good endeavor I think should start with, should start with prayer. Right. Um, I think that's where God speaks to us about, about how we can help in, in more hands-on, uh, you know, um, ways that like you're talking about Sean. So man, uh, I, I've really been, um, looking into a lot over the last year, this uh, mission organization called Every Home for Christ. And you can just go there. You can just go to um, just everyhome.org. And they have so many resources uh, on, on prayer. And, and I love the way that, um, that they talk about uh, this, this idea of, uh, in Scripture of watching. And, you know, there's, there's many instances in Scripture where in these ancient cities, you know, there, there would be this, this wall around the city that, you know, protected the city from invaders that, that kept everyone in there nice and cozy and safe. And a lot of times there would be these, these, these watchmen, you know, along or always <laughs> there'd be these watchmen along, along the wall that w- are looking out, that are keeping their eyes, you know, um, and, and being aware of if there's a threat, you know, and, and there's a, there's a, just a, a heart and an attitude of, of watching that I think is really, really important when we think about um, how to pray for our global mission partners. Um, and man, what if we just took that, that mindset of like, man, I'm going to, every time I pray, I'm going to make time to pray for global missions. Um, whether it's pulling up that list on at VBC.online and looking at um, all the mission partners that we we work with and just praying over them. Um, if you go to everyhome.org, um, they have all kinds of great resources. They have free prayer maps that, that you can download that'll basically show you, uh, the world, um, and, and throughout the United States and and how you can pray for transformation in, in your neighborhood and in the nation. They have, um, daily prayer watches. You can sign up for, uh, for, uh, an email, a monthly 
calendar email with with how nations to to pray for on on specific days. They've got free books that you can um, download about what does it mean to be be a watchman. You know, what does it mean to like take that watchman mentality. My my favorite resource they have on there is a live prayer watch, and so I'm looking at, actually looking at it right now. So if you click on it, basically uh, every 60 seconds a new prayer request from from a different part of the world will show up. So right now I'm looking at uh, Haiti. So basically, you know, one of the mission partners in Haiti wrote this request. Um, it's live. It, it, it's always changing every day. It's new stuff. And so I can look at there and, and, and read this request from one of their missionaries and pray for Haiti. I've never been to Haiti. I probably will never go to Haiti. I don't even know who this person is I'm praying for, but, uh, I'm taking this watchman mentality. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I believe I'm believing and I've seen it <laughs> that God moves through power or moves through prayer in powerful ways. And um, so that, that might be something that um, our listeners can try out as well. I love that. Um, and just so yeah, we're talking about global missions now, just the entire world. So picture <laughs> we're in like a, a VCR machine right now and we're going to rewind. We're back to the beginning here for most of us. What the advancement of God's kingdom and fulfilling the church's mission looks like it probably isn't going to be more focused on the world. It's probably going to be more focused on, again, that first circle, our community, Tri-Valley. And so maybe just one thing we can leave you with, um, which Charlie charged us to do too, is for a lot of us, what that process is going to look like is, again, we're doing life with somebody, that we, we work with them, whatever that looks like. And eventually we need to tell them, hey, God has saved me. You know, Jesus saved my soul and here's what that looked like. And that's what we call or can call our two minute testimony. And so maybe just to sign off here, Dan and I thought that uh, we'd give you our two minute testimonies and then let that be an encouragement to you. And really want to challenge you to, to do that same thing. And I, it's one of those things that you got to practice. You just do. <laughs> totally. Most of us can't just one shot it. And so maybe this week after you listen to this, I might feel, might feel silly, but give your two minute testimony to someone in your life. Even if it's your spouse who already knows all those things or your mom or dad or your brother or sister or just someone, but that process of preparing yourself is just so important. So then when the moment comes up, you're ready to go. You're ready to fire. I love it. I love it. So we're going to do it live. We're going to time each other. Um, and, and just, a, just a couple things just to, to throw out there too, like before we, we do it. And as you're kind of thinking through like a, um, you may have different like versions of your two minute testimony. I know I do. And, um, not that uh, I'm telling like alternative truths or whatever. Um, but, but, but man, there's a lot of stuff that's happened in, in the 35 years that I've been alive. And so depending on who I'm talking with, what I know about their background or how their brain works or, um, or, or just circumstantially what's happening, I'll, I'll choose to emphasize certain things, um, you know, just depending on the audience. And so that might be something just to think about too, that just to have kind of different, I don't know, different versions of it. And then, you know, the other thing that I think would be really fun is if you do get a chance to, to do your two minute testimony, which I hope you all do, um, maybe be willing to just open up the voice memo app on your phone and record it and, and send it over to us. And we, we'd love to hear it. And, uh, if it's, if it's particularly awesome, which I'm sure they will be, uh, maybe we'll play it on next week's pod. What do you think, Sean? I love that idea. Cool. 
cool. That might terrify them more. So we, we won't we won't promise you we'll do that. But if you want us to, yeah, we'll only do it with consent. How about that? Yes. How about that? Okay. All right. It. So Sean, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'm timing you, buddy. You do it. I'm going. Okay. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous. Okay. On your mark. Knit set. Go. Yeah. So for me. As far back as I can remember, I've always had this kind of rebellious streak. Um, so, you know, whatever whatever the, the group was doing, um, it really was my family mostly. Whatever they were into, I kind of just went went the other way. And so um, a lot of people are surprised to find that because um, I'm, I'm a musician now. Like that's a big part of who I am. Um, I grew up in a very musical family. And so they they were into choir and they did musicals and played music at church and blah, blah, blah. And, and I saw that was the dorkiest, nerdiest thing. And so I just totally like went the other way. I went into sports and, um, so much of my identity was tied up in that. Um, also that kind of rebellious streak, um, also kind of bled over into just church. Like my family, my parents would always take us to church every Sunday and, and um, it was just the the last place I wanted to be, you know? And so I would actually like sneak out and I, they, they like kept capture me and like bring me to my parents. And anyway, I just want to, have, I didn't want to have anything to do with like Jesus or the church or anything. Um, and kind of the big turning point for me was I was super into football and right before my senior year, it's going to be like my glorious varsity year. I got hurt and um, I couldn't play anymore. And so I had this major like crisis identity and um, you know, I remember one day just walking by my dad's uh, study and one of his guitars was there. And for whatever reason, I just, I went by there and I picked it up, started strumming on it. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and little did I know that God was calling me um, kind of through music and worship. And so uh, I also kind of, at the same time, there was, there was a, a youth worker at that church who, who really just pursued me and reached out to me and knew I was having a hard time. Um, and just invited me. And um, one of the things I finally broke down and went to was this uh, this summer camp. And man, I just encountered God. Like I heard this amazing uh, reality that, um, you know, when Jesus uh, left to go to heaven, he didn't leave us alone as orphans. He sent his Holy Spirit. Um, and there, there was this relational piece that I had been missing my whole life. And, um, and I just felt like God opened my eyes in that moment. And I put my faith in Christ and, um, and it just, uh, I think from that moment on it, my, my life has been, God's been like taking this, rebe- this rebel out of me, you know, and like teaching me about like obedience and surrender and, um, humility. And so, yeah, I'm, I've been on this adventure of just walking with Jesus, you know, ever since, uh, it was right around, you know, my senior year in high school. And, um, I, I still kind of struggle with that rebellious streak every once in a while, um, but I'm finding myself becoming more and more like Christ uh, every day. And um, there's just a, a peace and a purpose and um, and just a, I don't know, a centeredness and all of that. So that's kind of my story. Uh, man, that was such an awesome three-minute testimony. Ah, <laughs> I, I see. I, uh, I knew it was going a little long. Um, but this is a great point though. Like if, as you're talking to people, no one would sit there and say, Oh, three minutes I'm out. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes you don't have, but, but also sometimes you, you don't even have, you don't even have two minutes. Sometimes you got 30 seconds, you know? That's true. So um, it's good to be, have different versions ready to fire here. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's see if you can beat my time. I don't know. Well, I'm just going to go for it. Uh, you're going to time me. Well, I'm going to. Oh boy. I wasn't ready. Okay. On your mark. Get set. 
Okay, yeah. So uh, similarly, you know, as far back as I can remember, I had ideas about life and death, and I was just always thinking about that when I was young. And to give some background, my family was a very broken one in my childhood. You know, my parents were, uh, well, they are divorced now, but they're just in a horrible, toxic relationship, and that really bled into me and my sister's childhood experience. And so I was just this broken, traumatized little boy with a lot of abuse and all that kind of stuff. And so my idea of like family was just very disillusioned and depressed and all that stuff. And, you know, as a kid, I just really struggled with that. And there was times where I was suicidal as a kid and all that kind of stuff. And anyways, just disillusioned. But then, you know, what happened was, um, even though I had had an understanding that God exists, I think that's kind of as far as it went. But then uh, my sister, when she was in high school and I was just going into middle school, was invited to the HSM. And she went once and she came back that night and her world was rocked, you know? And she's like, Sean, you got to come. And so I was like, fine, I'll do it. And so I went to the middle school ministry and immediately, I just, I remember so vividly walking in and just receiving the love and looking around and being like, wow, something is different here. That's awesome. You know, this is the idea of family and community and support that I've been missing my entire life. And God really used that. And for ever since then, really, for years and years and years now, that's become my real family, you know? So anyways, that was the moment, kind of like your thing of, of, oh, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. For me, it was, this is what family is meant to be. This is how God designed family to exist. And so immediately I was in, because I could just tell there's something different about these people that I've been missing my whole life. And then in that process, you know, throughout middle school, that's where I gained my understanding of Jesus. And then he came to save me. And that, again, even more so made the puzzle pieces click for me. And that's what my parents were missing, you know, my household was missing. And it all made so much more sense. And of course, you know, as I went through high school and, and out of high school and college age, so I asked lots of questions, you know, went through a long, hard thought processes of just the, the logic of God and all those things. But man, he's always just held true. And I'm a very like logical person usually. And the the fact that God will always have an answer for every question about reality um, and our existence has just backed up everything he then on the flip side of the coin says about community and our hearts and our roles as his sons and daughters and all those things. So um, yeah, and here I am today as a transformed man working at our church, doing all those things and married and all that good stuff. And you know, I've been past the two minutes now, but I'm just going to keep going. My, <laughs> Do it. Since then, my mom is a completely transformed human. Since then, I am a completely transformed human. And God has done so much work and continues to do work to just like break down the layers of stone around my heart, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just amazing that there was such a big transformation then and there still is uh, today. Yeah, and, and, and I think too, just observing things with even your dad, you know, where just things are, things are healthy in a healthier spot. And, and I know, I know you, um, share your faith with him all the time and, and he, he knows kind of where, where you stand and stuff. And it's just cool to see, I mean, that's to me, I think such a witness to the, the people that we are on mission towards, you know, to bring them into the kingdom is, is just to see how, um, relationships that were once broken can be repaired. And I think that is beautiful, a beautiful witness, 
You know, as I was listening to Wait, what was my time though? You gotta tell me my time. Yeah, you I, I stopped timing at like two forty five. So okay. not bad, not bad. You still beat me. We it, both did a good three minute test. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, the other thing too that I, I was as I was listening to you talk, um, you know, it's it's hard to um I think paint a an accurate and clear picture of the gospel in our testimony, right? Um some, some, I think there needs to be something about it in there, you know, kind of the, the classic format is like, you know, something interesting about your life that people are going to be able to connect with. Right. So you just talking about the brokenness in your family, me talking about my rebellious streak. Right. Um, and then this, this, this before middle and after kind of thing, it's like, what was my life before? Like before I trusted in Christ, how did I, how did I come to a place where I did trust in Christ? And now what is my life like after, right? So, but in that whole format, it's it's really hard to get super in-depth about the gospel. And so that was one of the other things that Charlie challenged us on Sunday is, do you know how to explain the gospel in a succinct way? And I think that would be another thing just to encourage our listeners to, to really drill down into this week is, man, how would you describe, how would you outline the gospel? Because I think a lot, of, I think a natural, you know, progression is, is, to be in a relationship with someone, you know, Hey, tell me about your, what's your life story. Right. And then, well, what's your life story, Sean? Okay. Well, let me tell you my three minute life story. Um, and then, you know, you kind of end with that whole, like, well, my life is different now. I, I have belonging. I I'm there. There's a, there's a softening to my heart. You know, there's, um, what was broken is being repaired. Uh, and then you'd Sean to turn to that person and say, do you want to know how you could experience like something like that. Now I that sounds kind of cheesy. Like, like, you know, <laughs> it's like a multi-level marketing thing. Like click to find out more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but something along those lines is like, you know, w- wouldn't you like to, to, to know like that as well, you know? And then yeah, or at just, that point, oh, I'd love to tell you more about that, you know? Right. 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 And then that's where it can kind of launch into, um, an explanation of the gospel. And, um, one of the things we we've done, and we've referenced this before on the podcast, but one of the things we've done as a staff is we've practiced uh, our explanation of the bridge analogy, which uh, is a classic kind of helpful way to just talk about um, God's original design for humanity, um, what went wrong, you know, in that in that design, um, and then what God what God has done to to repair that. And um, I think another great resource too, you know, if you're trying to figure out how to explain the gospel in a succinct way is Charlie's message from a few weeks ago. Um, he took us through uh, humanity and salvation, right? So we can link that as well in the show notes maybe. But um, so this week, like work on your story, but also work on how you can, you know, ways to communicate the gospel in an engaging and succinct way. Yep. And we're going to sign off here, but just as we leave you, um, again, it's really want to challenge you do that. Do your, do your tour in our case, our three minute testimony. <laughs> um, and I just want to say like the beauty of someone's testimony is when light is shed on Jesus, like, like Dan said. And oftentimes what that means is we're shedding light on our brokenness and how Jesus is the remedy. And so don't be afraid to talk about the ways that you are broken about your weaknesses, you know? Don't, don't shy away from your weakness. Lean on those things because those are going to make Christ more known. So as we leave, I'm going to read to you from 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 12, this is 9 and 10. And let this kind of sit on your heart as you, through this lens, think about your testimony and what God's done. 
But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So, man, just pray, chew on that, pray through it, and form your testimony. And, man, be content with your weakness and, and lean on that because that's what's going to make your testimony strong and impactful for, for God's kingdom. We love you guys. Thanks for joining just the two of us, just the two of us today. Hope that this is a, a growing and stretching time for you. And then hopefully this podcast will help you produce fruit in your life, y'all. We love you guys. We're praying for you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week. <laughs>